With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am Derek. I have my regular hosts here with me, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hi. And our returning, recurring guest and co-host of Costume Couture, Ian of House of Turner Cosplay. Good evening, everybody. Wow. Wow. Um, and uh, we no, are Screen Heroes. So we are going to be talking mostly about Wonder Woman tonight. Lots of uh, spoilers and things like that for the new Wonder Woman live action film. Absolutely. Wonder Woman. Before we get into that, we'll do a little bit of news. But before we get into that, uh, if anything sounds different to anybody, uh, things are a little bit different. We are now being hosted by Blog Talk Radio, which is really cool and very exciting. Gamer Heroes launched on that last week, and so Screen Heroes now has caught up with that. So if things sound a little different, that would be why, and it gives us a chance to reach more people and kind of expand our, our listener base, hopefully, and get some some new new listeners. So if you are new to the show, welcome. Welcome to our show, and uh, comment on you know Facebook and Twitter or at Heroes Podcasts. And heroespodcast.com. Absolutely. That's it. All right, guys. News. What's up first? Ryan, you want to talk a bit about Ghostbusters? That's your thing. Sure. I mean, you're even wearing the shirt, so. We, we thought we were done with the Ghostbusters for a little while, but no. Dan Aykroyd cannot let it die. And that's why we loved him. But now it's not why people love him. People are being very mean to him lately. Um, of course, he's also being mean to people, so it's kind of a... You know, back and forth relationship right now, yeah. but he was at a, probably a vodka event or something. I don't know, and he was talking. For about, the record, he's not like an alcoholic. He makes no, crystal he makes skulls. Yes, vodka. yeah, I think it's yeah. called crystal head. But is yeah, it? it is a crystal skull. Yeah, made so, from alien skulls. Of alien course. skulls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, basically from the movie, the crystal skull. Obviously, is what he based it on. Obviously. Well, I mean, it works yeah, two okay. ways, right? Because you can make fun of the fourth Indiana Jones, and you can also talk about how Dan Aykroyd is a little obsessed with uh, alien life. He does love alien life mm-hmm. and ghosts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he so he was at an event, and somebody asked him about the new Ghostbusters, and he basically said something to the effect of, uh, we told Paul Feig to do things this way, he didn't do it this way, then we ended up having to do it that way anyway, and we spent 30 to $40 million on reshoots, and... Uh, he won't be back on the Sony lot anytime soon. Which I found hilarious. He said that. I'm like, you don't have control over that. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd is... You have to remember the the time period he came out of. It's not not the not the time period we're in now. And he's still <laughs> right. acting kind of like it is. Um, so then Sony came back and said, uh, the reshoots only cost like three or four million. And yeah, so you're you're lying. Or something like that. Exaggerating. Exaggerating. Yeah, to make a point. And then uh, he came back and said that he thought the movie was great, but that he was he thought that they should have gone back to uh, leaned on the original The originators. Crew, or the originators, I think yeah. yeah, that was the term he used. Uh, and uh, 
Like yeah. it's a loan or something. Like, <laughs> and he said he felt really bad for the women in the movie because they would probably never get to their reprise their role as Ghostbusters because the movie cost so much to make and uh, and Sony was not going to move forward with the sequel. So. That's a nice thing, you know. I, I'm sure all four of those women signed on thinking they were going to be part of a growing franchise, mm-hmm. and you could tell that all four of them really wanted to be there. That the four of them had chemistry together, and they loved playing those roles. They seemed like they had a lot of fun. So to hear that kind of sucks, and that's probably the most factual thing Dan Aykroyd said throughout that whole thing is that uh, they are not going to get to do what they want to do. Well, they, I mean, there's been a, a history of that kind of stuff with this movie. When yeah. it first got announced <clears throat> that it was going to be female Ghostbusters, uh, Ernie Hudson came out and said, this movie is going to fail. It's going to be terrible. No one wants to see that. And then like a month later, he came out and said, guys, this movie's going to be great. Because they put him in it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They started paying him and said, you can't say that stuff anymore. And so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. his tune completely changed. And so, yeah, it was, there's been a history of that kind of stuff with this with that movie. And Though, to be fair, if we look at just the last you know year or so, um, Ghostbusters is not the only franchise to try to revive itself and not do so well at the box office. No, but it probably you went know. the furthest away from at least the very core values. I'm not talking about for women. I'm talking about the style of comedy and the style of right. movie it was that was done. I mean, I think an argument could be made for Power Rangers. You know, I think that... Because okay. that, that movie did very poorly. It only raked in 140. Well, I'm not talking about box but, office. I'm talking about well, just, like, in terms of, like, the actual concept of the, of the thing. It kind of... I don't know. It felt like... They hit really hard on the whole you have to trust each other thing. They did. They uh, did, yeah. You know, but... And uh, they didn't know martial arts until they magically picked up... Oh, one of them did or something, you know. <laughs> We're not talking power. Right? Yeah, no, good point. But, but yeah, yeah, this is, this it's is, not always easy to revive a franchise, especially to do it with a new twist or a new style for a new audience. Yeah. The thing is, like, the revivals are either mediocre to good films, but because they're reviving so much over and over and over again, they're not doing very well. Yeah. You know, I enjoy Ghostbusters. I enjoyed Power Rangers. Were they amazing films? Absolutely not. Did I get my money's worth? I feel like I did. But, I mean, they failed at the box office. King Arthur failed at the box office. Pirates of the Caribbean failing at the box office right now. Yeah. I mean, unless overseas it's doing really well in Europe, apparently. But here, not so much. <clears throat> so, I, I just feel like well, I mean, maybe an audience is done with revivals and reboots and we'd rather see new content mm-hmm. well to support your your perspective there the mummy which is coming out this coming weekend here because we're recording on uh, a tuesday night yeah. um is projected only for 35 million for the opening weekend it's gone and, down because of wonder woman and wonder woman like when it was low it was 60 yeah that was low right yeah. now the, the mummies are supposed to launch this whole new dark universe mm-hmm. and they're projecting 35 now, well, you're talking about a DC superhero movie versus well, but a movie that... You're paying what, Tom Cruise. Right, but also so. <laughs> the last movie that was called The Mummy was a Brendan Fraser, yeah. movie, Fraser movie in the 90s. So. Which I love that movie, too. Sure, yeah. yeah that movie was, was probably better than this one will be. I don't, well, I mean, I don't yeah, know. I haven't it, seen it. It was definitely it. more tongue-in-cheek right, yeah. than what's going to happen here. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I just think that the, there's... 
it's tough to compare those two. I'm, I'm not drawing a direct comparison. I'm just saying that you have a movie starring Tom Cruise where, you know, of course, his name tends to be larger than the title on the posters. Yeah. You're paying him good mo- money, just like Marvel does with Robert Downey Jr. You have to cover that expense to have Tom Cruise in your movie. Um, and 35 is just not, that's not a good number for no. something that's supposed to launch a cinematic universe. Which maybe is, the overseas market will do better, but... Maybe. They always usually tend to, overseas gets a lot of good box office results. Depending on, on the genre, I mean, yeah. Warcraft did very well in China. If we ever get a sequel, it's going to be because of China, mm-hmm. you know, so that's that's possible. Um, speaking of the Dark Universe, though, that's what we're going to talk about next week. Yes. We are going to fan cast the uncasted characters for that Dark Universe. There's quite a few when you think about it. Today they just released a list of their plans and what is ideally being thrown around, including cast members they would love to include as well as adapting both Hunchback of Notre Dame and uh, Phantom of the Opera. I'm against one and for the other, so (laughs) you can figure that out on your own. (laughs) So uh, what other news do we have, guys? Uh, Marvel is launching two brand new TV series, a new Spider-Man to take over for Ultimate Spider-Man and a new Avengers one. Cartoons, I assume? They are cartoons. Uh, Disney Toon featured three, Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians is the newest, so it's continuing. The other two are being rebranded into these shows. They're going to pretty much copy what's going on in the movies right now and the comics. So the Avengers is called Avengers Secret Wars, and it's going to focus on the newer team, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, saving the older team we're familiar oh, that's with. That's cool. Okay. Um, a lot of people give Marvel crap for not having good animation. They don't have good animated movies like DC does. Absolutely not. But I really like their TV shows. Mm. I've followed Ultimate Spider-Man and um, uh, yeah. Avengers Assemble for quite a few years now. And they're really good. So... I'm going to give these new shows a chance, but they have promo videos online if you want to take a look. So are they now considered canon within the yes. whole universe? A lot of the cards ones are. Uh, for Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Assemble, if you wanted to know what was going to happen in the movies, they spoiled it actually in the shows first and mm-hmm. to see how it went. Nothing giant, oh. but they would introduce the characters sooner. Like Black Panther got introduced a lot sooner than uh, he did in okay. here, and Captain Marvel's been in it for a while, so it's you can kind of see a direction. It doesn't okay. like spoil big stuff. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, you can see the direction they're going, so it's yeah. a good way to catch up on some stuff before the uh, new Tom Holland movie comes out. Mm-hmm. That's in July. Mm-hmm. Um, also in Marvel news. Uh, Iron Fist season two started filming today. No, Luke Cage. Season. Luke Cage, sorry, Luke Cage huh. season two started filming today. <laughs> no way. No, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Yeah. I misspoke. Luke Cage season two. How dare you started make a filming today, Derek? Um, are you guys surprised it's already filming? I didn't like Luke Cage that much. Not an answer no, to the question, but all right. <laughs> yeah. I, so I could care less really if Luke Cage is going I or not. I honestly didn't know it had a season two. I, that news just escaped me. So. so I guess they're done with Jessica Jones. They're yeah. No, they're, they're still filming Jessica Jones right now because she was just about on set. Well, that was like two days ago. I guess they're, they're probably they filming them together. Anyway. That seems they're either filming together or Jessica Jones is in Luke Cage. Yeah. Ooh. Well, let's hope are... Iron Fist is in Luke Cage. And yeah, they're kind of leaning right? on that relationship. 
Absolutely. They that we should. hope is good, because we haven't even seen that as good. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Comic they books, totally but. should. All right. Well, let's move on then to our main topic here. Wonder Woman, yeah. the movie, Gal Gadot. Oh, it was so good. Quick rundown <laughs> of the that. box office, because I like doing that stuff. Um, originally projected they were looking at, as as the hype grew, to $95 million for opening weekend. It ended up beating those numbers, uh, pulling in uh, about 101 domestically, opening weekend, just the, the opening weekend itself. Uh, internationally, about $224 million. Uh, to date... It's at 115 and 240, so really big numbers. Number one at the box office by a huge margin, almost about quadruple of what Captain mm-hmm. Underpants did in its opening weekend, um, which was well above all yeah. the other films. It came in as the fifth best superhero origin opening weekend behind Suicide Squad, Deadpool, Man of Steel, and Spider-Man, which means that it it beat Good out Spider-Man, the original uh, Tobey Maguire okay. Spider-Man. Um, it Rounds out the top five or the only five origin stories to break $100 million in opening weekend. Iron Man came in at 98 and change. Um, and then it's 15th overall in all superhero comic book adaptation movies. 15th for opening weekend. That includes wow. all the big ensemble stuff. So that includes Avengers, Avengers and, and Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. and Civil War and, and all yes, that stuff. Stuff like that, yeah. yeah. So uh, pretty big numbers for the character. Uh, to see that it came in fifth, I mean, it beat out Every Batman movie, it beat out um, every MCU movie. Yeah. <laughs> that was an origin story. This is great. I uh, love that. <laughs> which is pretty crazy. I know a lot of people are comparing June numbers. I don't really think that that's fair because Marvel's never really done a June release for their MCU films. Yeah. Um, and if you take out the MCU in the conversation, I feel like it's an unbalanced conversation. Uh, but... Those are some huge numbers uh, to be top five like that. Absolutely. It's really, I mean, if you think about it, it's really top four because Suicide Squad is essentially an ensemble film. Yeah, you it, know, people... it is an ensemble film. <laughs> so, um, how do you guys, uh, how do you guys want to kick this one off? Do you want to dive right into characters, plots? Well, maybe we should give a non-spoilered uh, review and then dive into dive into spoilers stuff, after. Yeah. Okay. Well, we already kind of did that. We got. We this, did a quick. We did yeah. a quick rundown. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can catch it on our YouTube channel. Go to heroespodcast.com, Click on the YouTube link. We got to see the movie first thing almost two weeks ago, and it was a very cool experience for all of us. We all had a lot of fun. We did a quick video afterwards, and uh, that kind of blew up for us. That was cool. Yeah, that was our most popular video. 6,500 people wanted to tell me how crappy my opinion That's is. That's not true. Only like 20. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it was an exciting movie. It was fun. It was very emotional throughout most of it. Um, technically, I thought it was really well done. I, I want to dive into spoilers, so that's probably all I can really say Yeah. at this point. Does anybody have anything they'd like to add or contradict? Uh... It gets a lot of back and forth with the arguments because people are claiming it's a perfect film. And the thing is, nothing's perfect. It has a few plot holes. It has a few um, technical issues that are to be expected with just about every film. We're not in the heyday of CGI perfection. We're (laughs) almost there, but it's not quite there yet. And... I just want to say, like, as probably the biggest Wonder Woman fan at this table, 
you can love something and recognize the flaws it has. You can love it in spite of those. You can love it because of those. It doesn't make you less than a fan. And it would be a disservice as us as fans and critics to not look at it with a clear eye. We can't go into every film with rose-colored glasses anymore. That's just not how this works. We've been doing this podcast way too long. Yeah. To be able to enjoy that. And some days mm-hmm. we wish we couldn't we could do that again. <laughs> yeah. But and that that part is definitely true. I do miss the days where I didn't notice the small technical issues right? with yeah. the movie. Cuz I didn't. You know, all through high school, I never would have noticed these things. But now, you know, I see 12, 16 movies a year in theaters and I'm like, looking for that yeah. stuff now. Yeah. So editing was never something I cared about when I was, you know, 17. So so I just want to give that brief rundown. It's it's definitely me on my soapbox, but I love <coughs> this movie, and I can still sit there and say, you know what, here, 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 and here, this could have been different, and it might have been better. No proof of that, but just, yeah. just to prep everybody, because we are going to be both praising and critiquing. Mm-hmm. So you guys want to dive in then? Yes, let's do spoilers. All right, so at this point forward, if you haven't seen Wonder Woman and you care about the details, uh, this is the spoiler zone. So you're going to want to pause this and come back later. Uh, go see the movie anyway, because it's certainly not a bad movie. I think we can oh, all God, agree yeah. on that. So it's, it's worth seeing if you like superheroes, you like comic books, you like Gal Gadot. Go see the movie. Um, let's, uh, let's kick things off. Let's, let's start with Gal. What did you guys think of her and her portrayal of Diana Prince? Oh, it was so good. I mean, we got a little taste of it in Batman v Superman. Uh, she had a total of, like, I think five minutes of screen time as Wonder Woman, so it's whatever. But, you know, with with my Wonder Woman, I grew up with Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, and she's right. the voice of Wonder Woman in the Justice League cartoons, the Injustice games. Now, I, like, cannot picture Wonder Woman without a Greek accent. I cannot picture her without Gal Gadot's accent. So, I mean, I think Gal brings... A very refreshing take on the character, especially how she played her in this movie versus Batman v Superman, because mm-hmm. in Batman v Superman, she's been in man's world since World War One. So, <coughs> I apologize to uh, anybody listening to this live. Just got like a tickle. I'm trying to get past it. <laughs> but I mean, I I think that she is for sure the best choice for Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think she's a really good example of why I need to stop caring so much about casting choices ahead of time when they cast heath ledger as the joker i thought that that was a terrible idea for the record i was totally on board okay i thought it was a terrible idea because i had really only seen him in a knight's tale mm-hmm. by that point and uh i was not expecting him to be able to pull it off and i obviously he did an absolutely incredible job so i was wrong there i was certainly wrong about gal gadot i she was a lesser-known actor at the time of her casting, aside from Fast and the Furious. Um, That was about it. Yeah, and she had even thought about quitting acting and and things like that. So for me, it didn't seem like a good fit. I could not have been more wrong. Oh, yeah. So she's absolutely wonderful. I I now can't picture Wonder Woman without the accent. Yeah. Without a Mediterranean accent, right? It just, it almost seems like how could they have missed that before? (laughs) Uh, It's so, it feels so perfect from that standpoint. Well, the issue is... Beforehand, we were looking at Wonder Woman as an American woman, as opposed to a woman of the world. And now, 
you know, she uses her real voice. That's her Israeli Tel Aviv accent. That's not a specific Greek accent. Yeah. But, you know, she was told not to change it. So I think it works really well for the character. And it does make her more worldly, less just American. Because this hero is for everyone. It's not mm -hmm. just for America. And, I mean, that's part of the backlash that she's had. But Wonder Woman, the film, has had quite a bit of backlash. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the sillier ones. It always confused me, though, because in the cartoons, at least, and in the comic books, she wasn't really portrayed as the American hero the way Cap or Superman are. Right. No. She's from a Greek island. Her powers come from Greek gods. You know? Yes. It never occurred to me that she was supposed to be American. It just, she fought with American heroes. I mean, I kind of pictured her, you know, being American just because she has, you know, the stars and the, yeah, the red eagle. and white. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, I guess I just assumed we didn't necessarily own those things, so just... No, you're totally yeah. right. Yeah. Tons and tons of countries use stars. So. <laughs> yeah. and, and the same three colors that's that true. we do, you know. Um, so it could have been French. Who knows? Right, yeah. <laughs> that, that's totally possible. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Uh, regardless of her accent, um, <laughs> since apparently that's what we went into in talking yeah, about right? her as, as, a, as a character. Um, I think that she's not a great actress, but I think that uh, Patty Jenkins... I'm going to make this comparison. It's not really fair to Gal. I don't mean it as harsh as it is, but like uh, T2 or Terminator, either of those movies, when Arnold Schwarzenegger is playing a cyborg, like James Cameron knew his acting range... And put him in in a position that made him look really good. And I think Patty Jenkins did that with Gal. Um, she she had the charisma for sure. Like she she did all, everything right. I just think that she's still fairly fresh in the in the uh, acting world, especially in like really big blockbusters, focal um, roles. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she was great. I I really love her as Wonder Woman. I think that the movie played to her strengths. The physicality, I think, was most of it. Yeah. Um, you know, the fight scenes all look very good. Anything that was more physical humor, you know, the scene where she's, you know, getting dressed in all these dresses and, like, <laughs> moving around and stuff. I thought, I thought that that all played out very well to her. And, like, the fish out of water played very well to someone who maybe is not as strong an actor as, like, Ben Affleck, you know, or, or somebody that's been doing it for, you know, 30 years. Um, and I think that might even say something more about the strengths of Patty Jenkins, who yeah. was the director, because if you don't know your actor's strengths, if you don't understand what they can and can't do, you're going to end up with some really awkward scenes yeah. and poorly forced dialogue. Which, honestly, <laughs> if you look back at Ben Affleck's first few movies, especially the Kevin Smith ones, where he's best friends and was living on Kevin Smith's couch at the time, like his lines came across awkward because he was giving them as he would to his friend and right. not as that character. So obviously there's room for growth. Sure, yeah. And Ben, ben Affleck, of course, has changed a great deal as an actor. If you look at, you know, a movie like Argo, oh, yeah. from, you know, versus Absolutely. Daredevil. Versus yeah. Daredevil, right? Or Mallrats. Or Mallrats. Like, yeah. Daredevil was his fault. But no, yeah. Daredevil's not his fault. Sure. We've said that on you the show. You have to go a little further back yeah. than that. I do blame a lot of it, though, on Colin Farrell. That was, <laughs> that was just unnecessary acting. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought from a just from a persona perspective from the her presence on the screen I thought really sold the role to me yeah I mean, you know, but I think a lot of that was more because of Patty yeah. Jenkins than it was because of her because I mean so you didn't feel this way during BBS um I thought like I know parts it didn't really of her, her were good with BBS there was parts where I was like kind of it was kind of cringy for me like the, when she first comes down and she's you know it's one woman I think a lot of it at the time was 
holy moly, we're getting Wonder Woman <laughs> on the big screen. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And the music, you can't help but get hyped. That but when you go back is. and watch it, you, like I've gone back and I watched the extended cut and I've watched yeah. the movie a few more times and it kind of lost mm. the luster for me a little bit because um, it's not as new anymore and not as, you know, holy moly. You know, I keep saying that because that's my favorite phrase apparently, but um, <laughs> I don't want to say something that I can't say on a PG podcast. But uh, yeah, it, so I mean, I think that, that she's improved since BVS and I, and I don't, I hope it doesn't come across that I'm really like being super critical of her. I just, I think that she's going to keep growing. I think this movie is going to do wonders for her and she's going to get those opportunities to grow like some other actors have. I think she's going to be well, since her casting in BBS, she's already gotten two other movies. One's a comedy, and one was an action film. So it's which our... one am I forgetting? Uh, there was Keeping, Keeping Up, Up with, with the, the Joneses. Joneses, yeah, and there was some. There was another one. Let okay. me find out. I'm forgetting the other one. I was curious, but she she's <laughs> getting more opportunities to expand and uh, do new things, which is something that a lot of actresses. Well, I mean, women in particular, they don't get. They're put in a role and that's it. And, you know, a lot of men, they get their chances to broaden their horizons. But some male actors like Tom Cruise and Liam Neeson, they stick to what they're good at. So, you know, it... I don't know, Tom Cruise's role in Tropic Thunder is pretty amazing. That is hilarious. (laughs) But Gail's getting the opportunity to try new things. So that's incredible, too. I do have to say that she does have the advantage of a really great... Uh, soundtrack for her character, her her theme is just really good and I exciting. Love you know, um, Batman doesn't the, the Ben Affleck Batman doesn't really have much of one, and Superman's is a little more slow and melodic. And you know, Wonder Woman's is very like electric guitar and yeah. intense, and that definitely increases the hype of a of a scene when that's brought into things. So she has that advantage. Criminal with Kevin Costner. <clears throat> oh, I didn't realize she was in that. I didn't see that one. Um, what did you guys think of Chris Pine as Steve Trevor? Captain Kirk in the... In the <laughs> That's exactly I mean, what I, I said. I saw it more after you met, you mentioned that before we saw it the second time. And when I went back and I watched it the second time with you guys, I was like, okay. I mean, I can see it a little bit more. I, I mean, it was fine because it worked in this yeah. movie. I don't think that it didn't... It wasn't a detriment <clears throat> at all. Uh, his humor, he has a specific type of humor that he does well and... He just went to that, and that's fine. I thought it was well done. I mean, Steve Trevor, for me, was not a really important character. Uh, I'm not as big of a Wonder Woman fan as everybody else at this table, probably. But, um, you know, so they could have cast almost anybody, and I would have been fine with it. He was He's a good actor. So, I mean, he did great. I didn't have any problem with it. I, like, Chris Pine, they went to him, and they were like, here's all of our available <coughs> roles in the DC Universe. Pick one. <laughs> Because they loved him so much, and because he's just a really cool guy, he picked the the only male damsel out there. <laughs> and now, looking back on it, yeah, he probably didn't want to be tied to a franchise for another ten years because yeah. he is already tied to Star Trek. But <laughs> assuming the, there's another movie. But at the same time, <laughs> he I I thought he played it really well and my favorite moments of him was when he did his best to believe diana he never once told her that her her theories are stupid like he doubted her internally and he played that fairly well but he was never going to disrespect her and say that and i thought that was 
pretty cool with the character. I figured your favorite scene was the uh, nakedness scene. I learned he wasn't really naked. It's so. true. He wasn't. He, no, wasn't. he, he was, was wearing a red speedo that they photoshopped out later. Well, that's lame. Yeah. There's right. a whole article with the cinematographer and stuff because uh, that scene was very hard to film to light it correctly in a way that looked realistic. Right. It did look dark. Yeah, yeah. They wanted it to be very dark and lit natural, but they didn't want like candles everywhere because that's kind of the stereotypical thing to do. Right. So it was a difficult scene to do, and they were talking about it, and they. They had asked Chris Pine as well about that that particular scene and how he fe- felt being naked in front of everybody, and he He's was like, not. I'm fine. Well, no, he said he might as well have been. The oh, speedo yeah. was very small, he said, but uh, he was he was wearing something. I like that exchange though. That like it is. It's very. It's funny. a fun scene. The thing is, like the two of them had a really good chemistry together. Yeah. So that was great. Their conversations back and forth were fun to watch. Well, I think either of them would have good chemistry with a rock by themselves. Like, and then you put them <laughs> together, and of course they're going to have good chemistry. They're really I mean, they're both charismatic. charismatic. Yeah, they're yes. both yes. super charismatic. It's true. Very charming. Yeah. Um, How did you guys feel about his death? He had to die. Absolutely. It made sense. It had but to happen. But the way it happened, do you think that they Like self-sacrifice, typical, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. save the world? Mm-hmm. I think it kind of took some of the... Uh, I don't know, the glory away from Wonder Woman because, I mean, we'll get into it later, but the third act uh, and the whole fight scene at the end was kind of silly, in my opinion, and and maybe you guys disagree, but uh, I thought that his self-sacrifice was super heroic and that she just got in like a fist fight with, with a dude that has a really weird mustache and, you know yeah and we're gonna talk about that yeah i mean i don't know i thought that that his ending was better than her ending and that's unfortunate but yeah it's incredibly emotional i like the way they revealed things how their conversation went down and how it empowered that her was nice i like that. like that um did any of you think that there was a chance he would survive the film absolutely not It'd be like the Peggy Carter. With the time frame that it was with 1918 and how, it, no, he would have been dead. With, the, and Justice League, they go well, visit him and he's like old and on his deathbed. Yeah, he, he would have been dead out. by BVS, yeah. right? But theoretically, there was, you know, World War Two, Right. You know, and, and things like that. So part of me was wondering if they were going to save him for a possible sequel. Interesting. I mean, they could have, but... Because that's the world we live in now, right? If your movie does well, you get a sequel. Right. And so in my mind, it's like, well, if you're going to bid for a sequel you probably want you know Chris whole, Pine yeah. to come back so truth be told in the comics which he's died before yeah. and he's come back before his character's only important to her origin she there's really not much else after that and aside from Steve Trevor she's really only had romantic feelings for Batman in the Justice League cartoon yes. and really only there and then Superman in the new 52. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. other than that, she's been kind of this lone wolf. And every once in a while, they hint at the fact that she's had a relationship with a female, but they've never full on done it. They've just briefly said that she and Power Girl have had feelings for each other mm-hmm. or something. So it's Steve Trevor is very important to this story, but not to anything else of hers. So it's, I like what he did and how it happened and what he means to her going forward, it makes her character more interesting. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 
Go ahead. He was good for the story. He was used very well, but, you know, I don't know what they would have done with him going forward. As most damsels, they exist to serve the other character, and he got more than the average damsel. White men do. But <laughs> <laughs> at the same time... Uh, yeah. No, I just figured it was safe to keep him alive. You know, to be able to say your next movie stars Gal Gadot and Chris Pine is a nice thing for writing. Right. They could still do yeah. that with flashbacks. That's yeah, they yeah. could. The thing is, is we, there's not like a lot of time. You see almost everything that you happens do. in that right. amount of time between the two of them, so they can't That's just why add I, stuff no. that happens. Yeah. yeah. That'd be weird. Um, Unless Barry breaks the time thing. Um, there you Barry, go. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Should Barry. I go too far? Don't do it, Barry. Um, so what did you guys think of the bad guys? The baddies. There were kind so, of three bad guys. Yeah, yes. kind of. Kind of for all three of them. Kind of for all three of them? <laughs> That's the thing. Do you right? have a favorite of the three? Yes. I don't know. I think three-thirds make a whole. <laughs> and so all together, they serve their purpose. But when you look at each of them individually, they kind of suck. And that's not really how I wanted Ares to go down. But Ludendorff and... I mean, Dr. Maru was cool for what she was. She was a female chemist in the the 1910s. She was nicknamed Dr. Poison because she just enjoys killing people. But she didn't get too much expanded on, which sucks because I thought, like, just on the surface, she has the most interesting background and you're like... Well, let's use her as sidekick number one for German Nazi guy. <laughs> well, she's really she's the sidekick of the sidekick, really. Yeah, yeah. right. Because right? that's the problem is how do you develop three villains who have completely different agendas? Yeah, you underdevelop all of them. <laughs> yep. But she survived, so she could come back for Wonder Woman too. And depending a on role. where that yeah. right, we don't know where that's going to be fitting in. But yeah, you know. if I had to pick a favorite, it was going to be uh, Ludendorff. I thought that he was the most well-developed of the three and the most formidable of the three. So I'm giggling because the entire time I thought of him as his Wolverine Origins character. That's why I did too. Riker. And so I'm combining the two and the two together make a full villain. Like. <laughs> so I, I didn't see X-Men Origins Wolverine. Was He He, he was Stryker. Houston he was, was in that. That yeah. was actually yeah. he was Stryker. He was young okay. Stryker. Um, so that's kind of funny. Danny Houston but. played young Brian Cox. Okay. Weird. That's super confusing. I know, um, right? Considering well, they're only like two years apart. <laughs> uh, but I do think his character was the most well-developed and the most formidable for Diana. You know, Because um, she thought that he was Ares. She thought that he was Ares. He really would have wanted to kill her. He doesn't yeah, need he, her, right? Ares kind of falls into the monologuing bad guy trope where it's like, come on, join join me. We'll yeah. be buddies kind of thing. It has Ares never worked in any movie ever. also did the exact same thing Zod did where he changed the landscape to show Wonder Woman their world, like what the world could yeah. be if he just let, like if let she go. just stepped out of the way. Yeah. And I was like, didn't we see this before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just saying. What was up with that gas that he kept ingesting? Like, they didn't explain why it gave him superpowers. Is or... that like, is that the DC's version of it's super? The, it's the Tesseract, right? Yeah. Like... It's, it's Bane's Venom, right? Like, what the hell? That's what the fan theory is, that it's... she created a very early version of Venom. You're I being think it's... really quiet, but you're making all these faces, right? It's the injunction. Oh, you guys are, you guys it's the pills from no, injustice, it, right? It. it is. It's, no, they swallow those. Uh, this is a precursor they, to that. They yeah. just sniff them oh and they're good to go. All right, Ryan, what do you... So, uh, if, 
Dr. Poison or whatever her name was, super overcooked. And it just, I mean, that she was like mustache twirling villain in the corner in a, in a movie that didn't okay. close up full of cheesy stuff. <laughs> I wasn't um, sure what overcooked And, <laughs> and it, the fact that it was truly Ares that gave her the formula to get the poison right undermines her as a character. So the fact that she's a, a brilliant female scientist doesn't really mean anything because right. it was Ares doing it the whole time. Um, Ludendorff fine, whatever, typical, like, German villain way before they were Nazis and they were just Germans that sounded mean. Um, you know, okay, it, he was also pretty cheesy, but of the three, I mean, he was the least lame, I guess. He was at least had some menacing thing to him. And then Lupin, or whatever his name from Harry Potter, uh, you know, as, as the god that. of war, like, that's per that's who I picture perfectly in my head every time I think god of war. Hmm, let's cast Remus Lupin, or whatever his name was in Harry Potter. That wasn't Boom, and he's gonna yeah. have a mustache, because why not? The fact that he didn't change physically when he became Ares. That's what pissed me off. Thank yeah. you. Yes. He, Even he in the flashbacks, he's like super spindly dude with a mustache. Yes. <laughs> and that doesn't that that didn't work for me because no. yeah, he is not a physically formidable looking person. No. The guy, Until the armor shows up and then ma ma magically he has all these muscles and you know is a huge dude. That's just the armor. It's like your muscle suit, you know. Well, yeah. So. I, well, that's not a suit. That's what I actually look like. That's Obviously, just yeah. Mistake. That was rude. <laughs> He's worn it on the show before. Listen. No, his name is Riceps, okay? Yeah, that's where I got my nickname from. But I agree. I When I picture Ares, I picture what he looked like in the comics with these red eyes and really dark dark skin. And, you know, very godlike. He When I saw this man, I'm like, Remus is alive again. Yeah, it's like, how is this even yeah, Where's Tonks? Like, it, no. But I do agree with like his whole mustache. I don't like his mustache at all in this. It, <laughs> it was, me. It's fine. Like it was in style at the time. So, yes, I mean, I know but when he's a god of war, you should yeah. have had the same mustache. That's, I talked to somebody else about this. That I think that you know, it, it, I was like in the flashback, he has the mustache too, and it's yes. like, okay. So he just always has a 1917, you know, in mustache. mustache. Yeah. yeah, I mean. It, Come on. It's I, the same problem I have whenever they do uh, Savage, is that, you know, the Vandal Savage, these guys never age and never really change what they look well, like. Well, he's supposed to look like and a caveman. Like he, so somehow nobody ever notices yeah. this. You know, so Ares would have been thousands of years old. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, nobody and you would think he would have looked like, like a Greek statue, is essentially what uh -huh. you would think of, because he's a god, and all the gods look like Greek statues. That's how you... That's what. Yeah, that's how you see him. He's the arm. one god that didn't work out. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's just gifted with the strength. I, Somebody who would have been great, who would have been imposing, but is also anybody a, not a in the Harry Potter universe. Oh, I was going to say Hugh Jackman. He has an accent. Sure. He's he's aged a bit, but he's still in great shape, and he could have been the imposing guy. But how weird would that? Have been? That looked very weird. He's out of his contract, guys. He can do whatever. I'm not he talking wants. about legal like, stuff. Just like you're talking about how it's a little weird that uh, you know Houston was was Striker yeah. Wolverine. No, 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 no. You're actually talking about putting Wolverine in the movie. I didn't <laughs> say it was weird. I said that his character in. Wolverine Origins was underdeveloped, and this one was underdeveloped, gotcha. so two villains equals one. Like, that's... See, what I, I would have loved, and this is just my fan casting, I would have loved to have seen um, uh, Idris Elba as the God of War, because... You guys just want to see, you just see Idris Elba as everybody in Everything. the entire... I think he'll be every God of War. I mean, the fact that they didn't cast him as Wonder Woman, I think, was a huge mistake. <laughs> 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 Diversify. 
by people. A white man would have been better, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> well, actually. But then they would have had to have white men showings, and it just would have been a Yeah, thing. it would have been uh, huge horrible. drama. There, um, instead of wine watch, we would have gotten period watch. It would have been awful. I was hoping somebody like, noticed the pill thing, too. Because, like, it says this will bring you your all, your strength back. It's yeah. like, okay, so was he, a su- was he like, Superman in right. the past? Like, right. and, like and his, explain like, this. He has this weird, like... And then you find out that not one scene was deleted, that Patty Jenkins kept everything in the film, and you're like, well... There's a couple we probably could have lived without, Patty. You might need to learn to cut some stuff. I I think part of the issue there for me is more of, if you have this ability to basically make super soldiers... Yeah, give it to the entire German army. Why not make super soldiers, right? Then you don't need a gas to kill everybody. She's like, I made these for you. Okay, why don't we just start mass producing and win the whole war, because now everybody can fight Wonder Woman. Right. Right. And she's not just (laughs) killing defenseless German soldiers that have no chance against her. Well, then how do you guys feel about that fan theory of that? she created a very primal version of Venom. I think that's I think stupid. it's... I mean, you're sorry. talking so it has to sit around for like 60 years that's yeah, very and barely far develop reaching. at all. I think that's just people wanting to mm-hmm. connect something. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to see connections now. Right. There doesn't have to be a and connection this movie didn't really have that many connections, yeah, which was fine wonderful. With that. Yeah, I saw a peasant wearing a diamond pattern. That means she's Harley Quinn's like great, great, Clearly. great, great grandmother. <laughs> now, I will say there is a theory that uh, during the beginning of the film... Uh, when uh, Diana's mother is telling her the story of the gods and they're mm-hmm. showing kind of that animated portion that Poseidon's trident looks pretty much exactly like the one that Aquaman has in the Justice League previews. That's fine. I'm if Aquaman ends up inheriting Poseidon's trident, fine. That's yeah. not... I think it's cool. That, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That, I mean, that's not a huge stretch for me. Is I, it not Poseidon's trident? Because I always thought this whole entire time it was Poseidon's trident. Is it not? It's different. In, it varies. The, okay. the issue with its size DC, also changes. Sometimes it's got four prongs or five or right. three. The issue with DC Comics is they've had so many reinventions that you can't keep track anymore. There's been multiple origin stories for every single character now, and how they get certain things always changes. So I, that's that's a fine little Easter egg. I I, I thought it'd be cool. Yeah, I thought it'd be okay. It's. It's not going to hurt or really help the story at all. It's fine. Yeah. How did you guys feel about Themyscira? I, it's beautiful. beautiful. The best CGI was on that island. And it was a real place. They actually filmed at actual locations there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just all CGI. No, the CGI was like on the sky to make it always pretty and blue. It wasn't like... Though it also shares the worst CGI scene in the movie. Is it the one that I'm thinking of? Too? When young Diana jumps off the side. Oh, yeah, that right. was horrible. The green screen behind her is some of the worst green screen I can think of. Um, and for a 2017 come out movie, this year. Like, no, it, that's pretty bad green screen. No, come we've on. seen it twice now. We've rewatched Lord of the Rings, and there's bad stuff in that one. Lord, like, the Lord on. of the Rings is 10, 15 years old now. My point so. is, you can't say worst green screen ever. And I didn't say that I can think of, like, because it's easily avoidable. Because it's a shot of her falling, and you easily could have shot it from a different angle, or or, or just thrown the child off the cliff, or not actually like you don't need wow, to. S- dude. Well, <laughs> well, there's stunt child well, for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a harness. It's okay. That's what Andy Circus is for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's mocap, not stunt. Get it right. He does both. He's uh, not. It's chill. Anyway, 
Uh, but you could have you know shown her jump off the side, and then you can cut to you know her just being grabbed. Grabbed, yeah. right? You don't need the slow motion falling face first shot of her feeling like she's falling in, in far distance. Because I think it's the angle that makes this that green screen look as bad as it is. I think it's if you, pointing up at her, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. And if you had pulled that back in some way or done it from a different angle, I think you could have meshed that in a way that wouldn't have stood out so much. Yeah. So let's talk about how badass Antiope is. I did not realize that was Princess Buttercup until I totally saw the memes, right? the memes afterwards. She's so cool. I was, well, the whole time I was thinking, okay, there's like three Amazons here that are believable for me. And she was one of them. And I had no clue. So when I found that, I was like, but I just couldn't speak. <laughs> because it was such a different character than the only other thing I think I've ever seen her in. Or so noticed it was Robin her. Robin Wright has been on House of Cards for the last like few years now. Yeah. And she recently said she's not coming back because she found out that Kevin Spacey's pay is so much higher than hers. They're in the same amount of episodes, usually same amount of scenes. He doesn't have that much bigger of a role. So she's out. She's done. And her ties to House of Cards made her actually like miss out on the Wonder Woman audition. Otherwise, she probably would have been Hippolyta. But Patty that's Jenkins a, created the role yeah. of Antiope for her so she could have her in there. Because when Robin Wright said, no, I really want to do this. I'm going to get in shape. Let's do this. She was like, all right, we can do this. Yeah. So It is kind of funny. That in the first viewing, I didn't realize that that was her until after the fact. So in the second viewing, it was a little distracting because that was all I could kind of see was that it's Robin Wright now. And that was just such a stark difference in the only two characters I, I really know her as. It was really interesting. She was awesome. Yeah. I thought everyone on, I thought all the Amazons were beautifully done. Mm -hmm. I mean, they used, for the extras, they used real life women athletes. Yes. They had women of color as Amazons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every single Amazon had a unique look, a unique kind of, you know, headband. You know, they all of them had headbands. No, but I did like but that they when they did. All, they had unique ones. They didn't all wear literally the exact same thing. Like other they were not cookie uniform. cutter. Yeah, and they Amazons. did acknowledge that there's the queen, there's senators, there's mm -hmm. generals, and army. Like, yes, it's they, a complex society. There's a tutor. You, yeah, you know, it's a full functioning. Not everybody is a warrior mm -hmm. all the time. Like they're all trained as warriors, but there's they still have their army and they still have yes. their government and. So it definitely, just in the first 30 minutes, I think we're mm -hmm. on For sure. the mascara, maybe 45, goes through and explains the entire culture and civilization, basically. I think the only one that that stood out to me the most that it was not believable to me was Hippolyta. I thought, like, the scene when they're on the beach, and she does, like, this weird 360 thing, like, okay, I don't, she, I don't buy her as Queen of the Amazons if, uh, uh, Antiope should have been the uh, well. That's why she's so, she's the general, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, so. you, you think of a warrior people like that. I, that queen just I maybe being queen and me. a mother made her soft. Yeah, maybe I, I just didn't buy her as a badass warrior, but not even a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that was just me, but it's, she stood out in the group of like with the professional boxer that's like getting you know <laughs> stuff smashed on her and not even moving, and yeah. you know all the other ones that are doing this crazy awesome stuff, and she just rides a horse around with a robe most of the time. Yeah, yeah I mean it was definitely clear to me that uh, Antiope would have been like superior in any battle, yeah. right? But I felt like that was just kind of on purpose. Yeah, you know, I feel like a warrior, a, pe a people that was ba that, that were warriors would 
want their strongest one to be the queen, you know, so, I would think. That that was just me. I don't follow the comic books. Maybe yeah. that's not the case it's, in the comic books. It's possible, like, we don't know exactly how the queen became... Well, she led that in the revolt. Oh, right, right, That was what they said in the movie. Yeah. But then again, you know, what does that mean that she led the revolt? Does that mean she was literally leading the charge? Or, right, was she the tactician who came up with the plan and then Antiope and her people executed it? Right. Right? I don't know what that means. And maybe that's the point. Maybe she has a better strategic mind. So what do you guys think of the fact that a lot of people are, are pointing out that if Antiope knew Diana was a god... Why did she take the bullet for her? Yeah, so... The bullets still hurt. I mean, Patty Jenkins has come out and said that that bullets are not... Like, she's not immune to bullets. She can't get shot like Superman and, and survive. And be, that, that was kind oh, of my thought on it, too. Yeah. Like, there's... She can still be wounded by things, but not... Otherwise, why does she bother deflecting the right. bullets, you yeah. know? It's, well, and that's the thing. If you notice, like, when she's being, like, worked on and, um, you know, and they take the bandages the, yeah. off, like, she's healed, she gets injured. Yeah. yeah. She just regenerates very quickly. And that was kind of my explanation, too, but if anybody wasn't behind it here, I, I just wanted to hear your thought on it. I think it's a silly thing to assume if this is the first time they're seeing these weapons, they don't know what can kill and what can't, and... And that's the thing. I don't think Antiope knew to what extent her powers were because Diana was never allowed to explore those powers, right? right. So what does it mean if she is a god or part god or whatever the case may be? What kind of abilities does she have? Because gods have died and we don't know what these weapons are. So for me, it makes sense that you're trying to protect, as the general, you're trying to protect your people. It's just an instinctual thing. That's her job. trying to protect the one weapon because she knows Ares is there. She knows yeah. Ares is lurking somewhere. If you're trying to protect that one that. weapon, I, I, I think it's more than that. I think that. this is this is That's this also is Diana. Yes, this is, this is look at the Spartans. Like the Spartans would die, would you know, to die in battle was a glorious death, and they would protect the person right next to them, right, it's with anything they had. And I feel like this is the same culture. Whether or not Ares is a looming threat, right. she knew that you know somebody that she had raised basically and yeah. had trained and everything was about to die and so you know she doesn't know that she was you know a part god or whatever she just wants to keep her alive yeah absolutely i think i do want to talk about one thing i know we're we're getting towards the end here so there is something i really want to talk about in comic book movies yes there's been less than a handful of scenes that have moved me emotionally so much to where i just constantly think about it when Mm -hmm. i think about that movie one of them was spider-man 2 with the train scene yeah. With with Peter Parker, um, Watchmen had the scene with Rorschach and the dogs and the uh, guy that killed the little girl. Uh, that one maybe isn't shared between all of us, but uh, and there's a couple others. the The Wonder Woman scene with her from the beginning of the trenches through yeah, yeah. through the entire yeah. rest of that scene was one of the best scenes I've ever seen in a comic book movie. I agree. Like, 100%. I wouldn't say this movie is the best comic book movie I've ever seen, but that scene in itself is... It, it, it's a very beautiful company. That reveal of her full costume, of her full powers, of the way she says, like, responds, he says no man will cross it, and she doesn't take the, the Eowyn, like... Well, I'm not a man kind of thing. She just says, but this is what I'm going to do. And she steps up and she just, oh, I start crying like oh, I do too. both yeah. times because it's, it's very like intense to watch that. And it doesn't let up until that 
church comes crumbling down mm-hmm. in yeah. the village. <clears throat> It's a, it's a beautifully shot scene. I think the No Man's Land part of that was the best part. Yes, yes, yes it keeps going till there, but like just probably that part doesn't move me as much as just like Absolutely. when she's walking up out yes. and crossing No Man's Land the very first time. And then, like, that whole scene, everybody inspired by her. Run. Well, because yeah. that the No Man's Land part of it is the the proof of who she is, whereas all the fighting stuff that happens after that is just kind of amping up her abilities. Right, and you're already sold. If you're not sold on it. By that point, they're never going to sell you yeah. on it, right? right. So right. now they can have fun and do some fun action sequences where she's just beating the, the crap out of people. But the No Man's Land scene, the way it's shot with you know slow motion and normal motion and just you know, lo- you know mainly focusing on her and rarely showing the weapons themselves, it's a really well done scene. And this thing was shot in February. And she was five months pregnant for the reshoots for it. Like, it is a cold scene, yeah. little light. You know, she had green screen tape on did. her belly. She did. That they, they would... almost cut the scene. Yeah, they, they did. weren't sure they were going to be able to pull it off given the context of everything, mm-hmm. and they were going to have to come up with a different way to do the reveal. I mean, and now we're talking about how it's the best scene of the movie, one of the best scenes in a comic book movie. I think one of the best scenes in the new DC movies for sure. Well, it is the best scene of all the new DC movies. Absolutely, there's nothing in my mind that can even come close. No, I mean, I, and I I'm, sh- I'm shaking my head like people on the <laughs> podcast can, can see me. <laughs> well, the closest thing to it that I can think of, and it's still a pretty wide gap, is when Clark flies for the first time at the Fortress of Solitude and the ground shakes beneath him. And that was him. pretty, but it, it didn't move pretty. me emotionally. Correct. That's what I'm more worried about. I yeah, it's a beautiful scene. That's because Clark in that movie didn't move me emotionally until the very end when I saw him snap the neck. And I'm not saying that was a good point, but at least that's where I became emotional. And up until then, I was very like, this dude's an angry vanilla. (laughs) To to be fair, though, this was the the fourth live action Superman we had had. We know that he's going to fly. Right. right? We know that that's going to happen. Anybody sitting in that theater who thought for a minute that Superman wasn't going to fly... I'd like to talk to you. Yeah, uh, but for, no, you they must have watched Smallville for some uh, season. Right? <laughs> right. He just hovers over his yeah. bed when he sleeps. Uh, but for Wonder Woman, a lot of people haven't read her comic books, didn't see the Linda Carter TV show, maybe didn't watch the Justice League cartoons, and don't know anything really about her. That is a very different scene. It's a war scene. It's a World it War One scene. Um, like it's kind of funny. Like the way Box Office Mojo categorizes the movie, it's a World War One movie. So it's the number one opening weekend of a World War One movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, they're not but, wrong, you know. But like, so it's a different context. Can you name any other World War One movies? Like, I can name the about li- ten World War Two. Yeah, the, the list was only sixteen movies long. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nobody wants to watch the assassination uh, of Franz Ferdinand. No, but the point is more just the, the, the context isn't there for everybody. Why the the Man of Steel flying scene is a beautiful scene. It is. It was very beautifully shot. It was so expected. That's... Right, where this right. was not necessarily expected by people, at least not in the way it was I shot. I had no idea they were going to do something like that, but it, I'm completely with you, Ryan. It's super emotional, very beautiful, completely well done to watch her cross that uncrossable land. Mm-hmm. The, the, the part that got me was, yes, that was symbolic in what it was, but like seeing everybody behind her. Yeah, they're all like, oh, let's go. Going, we have, you know, it, well, Steve Trevor and the other... Uh, her little group, yeah. And yeah. Then they the run rest first, of the soldiers. and then the rest of the soldiers all come up, and I mean that's 
to to have something be that good that so all these people are willing to run up and support and they're so inspired that was what i mean i mean i really felt that inspiration through most of the movie i mean i felt you know wonder woman was somebody that i would want to be around whereas you know ant-man sure he's funny but would i hang out with him probably not or cap he's awesome but you know come on right wonder woman like i would want to be around her because she would make me feel like a better person. I don't think I would want to hang out with Clark or Bruce. Like, yeah, they're not fun drinking beer. Like, no, you brood too much. I want to hang out Well, Bruce doesn't really hang out anyway. No, exactly. I want to hang out with a girl who marvels at snow and ice cream and giggles. tells everybody how great they are. The ice cream scene, I was a little disappointed because I, my first movie I watched with Wonder Woman where I was really loved it was the animated one where they all kind of came together. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. War. Just War. like War. Yeah. And there was a scene in that where it was a modern she eats time. ice cream. She eats the yeah. ice cream and she, like, points her sword at the shopkeep. And, like, you know, there's this whole interaction. It's just really wonderful, like, fish out of water. And that kind of made me fall in love with Wonder Woman as a character. But um, I was kind of a little disappointed. I'm, I'm happy they gave an homage to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that happened in the comic books. Maybe that's it did. a reference. There was a, yeah. But um, I... I really wanted that full scene, and when I saw the ice cream, I was like, "They're gonna do it without the little girl, but they're gonna do it." Right. Yeah, uh, and so and that, with the little girl in that animated movie was really important yeah. to her character I too. I love those so. scenes with her because the way that she plays Wonder Woman, she plays her with such innocence and such you know she has this naive look on you know. But just if I kill Ares, and, yeah, if yeah. I kill Ares, and everyone's gonna be good again. And she plays that with such gusto, and you believe her, and you see her, you know, talking to the woman with the baby in the trenches, and then you see her go out and fight for people that she doesn't know, like, and, but she knows what's happening to them. It's ridiculous that we have to talk about how amazing and multifaceted she was. She was brave, and she was strong, and she did things that nobody else was going to do, mm-hmm. not because she knew she could, but because she knew it was right, and yet she's also nurturing and caring. She cares about chief and his people she cares about mm-hmm. charlie and his uh, ptsd and she cares about sammy and his goals in life like, yes she cares about etta and her role for <laughs> steve trevor like, yeah she cares about everybody she has so and, much love that's what and, she believes in at the very end she even says i believe in love a normal person we all have these different sides to us and but it superheroes sucks that we don't. don't get to see all that superheroes don't i mean think about the big superheroes in the movies now Iron Man doesn't have that type of emotional depth for for most people, no. right? He put on a invincible metal suit and launched some missiles, yeah, right. And I love Iron Man. The first Iron Man movie is freaking awesome. Right? That had a really good reveal too when he's in uh, the small town and he just lands there in the first superhero landing yep. in the red and gold <laughs> suit. That was yeah. really fun. But, you know, he, he's not that type of multifaceted character. Batman has never been oh, that God, type no. of character. Superman maybe, maybe sometimes. all of his movies together. <laughs> you know, but most, most of our superheroes don't get that. They're the action star. Yeah. Right? That's what their job is. Their job but is to run into fire. All that depth on top of each other, yeah. layer after layer in oh, yeah. one film. And none of it felt forced to me. At least none of it coming from her. I agree. So... They've already said that Patty Jenkins is signed on to do Wonder Woman 2 along yes. with Gal. What do you guys want to see in a Wonder Woman 2? Patty's said that maybe she'll take it to World War II. She said maybe she'll take it back to a, a modern, more, you know, setting, 80s, 90s. Unfortunately, it all kind of depends on where else 
they go, where Justice League takes everybody, where Aquaman takes everybody, because those are currently filming. Mm -hmm. Flash will be filming soon, too. I assume they're going to ramp up this and figure out a date for it sooner or later. But it would be cool to see a female villain. We don't get those very much. I'm sure Cheetah will show up. Cheetah Cheetah or or Cersei. Cersei. That's what we talked about. Um, Donna Troy was a native villain in New 52, and it was actually some of the best Donna Troy stories in a very long time. So that would be kind of cool, too. I I do want to see it in World War II. I kind of want it to be in... I know it's cliche and people will probably hate on me for it, but I kind of want like her Empire Strikes Back kind of moment where we see why she gives up and why she kind of goes into hiding to to show us why she's who she is in BVS. Because who she is at the end of Wonder Woman is a very different character than who we get in BVS. I'm curious why. Well, I think it's because... Steve dies. I think it's because of the end of. See, I, I don't think it's because of Steve. I think she it's, ends with the whole like they're they are love and they're you know. yeah they're she she thinks what he did almost redeems humanity in a way for her because he showed her what they can do right right so I think it's probably what happens in World War Two the fact that she's defeated Ares the fighting has stopped and the she's, war she's is over and then the, even a, a worse war yeah. comes just not even what you know. 30 years later. Just going to throw this out there. Not yet, 20 years later. She has a very, it's not popular, but a very powerful story of her um, rescuing Vietnamese women from American and Chinese soldiers who were raping them in the Vietnam War. And she could do that and give up on the world after. Yeah, they're not going to do that in a movie. I don't, I don't, <laughs> no, I don't yeah. think. I don't think the DCEU is going to do that. But I could totally see her <laughs> doing World War Two, seeing you know the concentration camps, right. seeing what's going on, and she just sees what humanity is doing to another and just gives up there. You know, that she, could totally be. Maybe she I, liberates I don't a few want camps. Them to do yeah. World War Two because we've already had it. A hero do world. Yeah, War there's II. a lot I of parallels in now. this already to the well, Captain America first there, Avenger. There really, there really aren't though. It's it's a war movie. I, I'm kind of with you on that one. Well, what, are, what are the parallels? It's a war movie. Well, they're both period pieces. They're both the fighting Germans. They're both. Well, they both have a self-sacrifice Wait, in the end. Well, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, well, uh, look at that. So. First off, they're not just fighting Germans. They're fighting Osh, uh, uh, Turks. Turks, okay. thank you. Uh, and Ottomans and things like that. But a period piece implies anything that isn't present day. Okay, they're both so... World War movies set in similar circumstances. They're, I mean, I, I mean, so we're not allowed to tell war stories anymore? Okay. I, mean, I, I think Wonder Woman strives and does really well in war. So, But there's a ton of worldly conflicts we can choose from. And maybe you don't have to do that part of the Vietnam War, but the Vietnam War affected way more than just America. So oh, I'm not no denying re- that. Right. I know you know history. But I, I, I just think saying, that if you look there's at... There's other time periods we could pick. If you look at the 20th century and you want to say, where would Wonder Woman have lost her faith in humanity? I would say that World War, II. World War II is probably a pretty reasonable spot to pick. It is. It included know. the most countries. It included the most deaths. It included um, some of the you know the most extreme political views and and attacks and things but of that nature. Both I mean, sides we had nukes. Were... Nukes were dropped. You could have us dropping nukes it's on past Japan. Nine o'clock, and now we're getting you know? into like history arguments. Well, no, I just like, you. <laughs> You don't think, history. what do you think us dropping the atomic bomb on civilian cities now, would have done to look, Wonder Woman? Looking back with a very jaded political viewpoint, yes, you are 100% correct. But back then, 
people still talk about that as like this fun American heyday of rescuing the world from itself. And I, yeah, I think we've been talking to different people. <laughs> I, think, I think that this movie, one of the strength of this movie is that the character made you feel good, her seeing her hope, seeing inspiring people. The last thing I want to do is end a movie with her being depressed and giving up on humanity. Boom. Um, I would rather see her in like the 80s with like big hair. <laughs> I love 80s movies. I mean, I, honestly, I don't really care where the sequel goes because I'm going to go see it. And I don't really want it to be one that depresses me at the end. I don't want another Logan. I want a movie where I can come out oh, feeling God. as good as I did about this, about uh, humanity and, and superhero movies. I want to see her snap Maxwell Personally. Lord's neck. The Peter Facinelli version from Supergirl. Supergirl. I'm good with that. I hated it. I, I just I, I I think that if you do it in the future after Justice League, you run the same risk that Thor: The Dark World had, where something really bad has to happen, and you have to ask yourself, "Where is everybody else?" Okay. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, comic books have been so, doing that for a and, long time, and so. I think that it, it's it's a problem for those movies. So I think if you do something prior to Justice League, then it makes perfect sense why Batman and Supes don't show up. But if you do something post-Justice League that is country-ending, where is Flash? I think How we, he's not lending I think a hand? we all understand your so. point. I, I mean, I, I, we get it. I, okay. I, I would right. go see that movie, but I mean, I just don't want to see a movie. It, you, everything you've said makes sense. I'm not okay. arguing that at all. Any final thoughts then on Wonder Woman? Go that see it. So great. Let's. Do you guys want to do our grades? We usually do a letter grade here for our films. Ryan, why don't you start us off? Um, I, I'd probably. It's not as good as the best Marvel movies, but it's better than the majority of the Marvel movies. Okay. So I put it probably like a solid B. Maybe an argument could be made for a B plus. Uh, I mean, I'm in there for sure. It was. It was a really good movie, and I really enjoyed it. Ian, uh, a minus for sure. No, it's it's. I mean, I, you know, I love DC more than Marvel. Everyone knows that. And my big thing, I mean, I thought Suicide Squad was, you know, the best thing that happened for DC. Uh, but one woman just knocks us out of the park. All of these would disagree with you. I, that's, well, that's, yes. But, <laughs> I mean, and you know that I love Harley Quinn and she was, you know, kind of the center of Suicide Squad and whatever. But Wonder Woman can kick Harley's ass any day. I don't care. <laughs> Ray? Mm. This is full-on get my heart out, and you've heard me all critique it. It's still an A for me. It's my favorite superhero movie. I'm not saying it's the best. Critical Eye, it's not, <clears throat> but favorite, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, If you guys are, are fans of the show and have listened before, I'm very bad at picking favorites. I, I can't really do it. I have a hard time with that because I watch so many movies, and I love so many of them. I give Wonder Woman an A as well. I think it's one of, if not the best of the DC movies. The Dark Knight gives it a run for its money. So I think, you know, it's probably the Dark Knight edges it out. Um, if you want to include Watchmen in the conversation, then we have a very interesting top three. Uh, but until Rebirth, Watchmen was not part of the same universe. So, you know, there's there, there's some complications there. But um, it, it's an amazing movie, so I give it an A. Uh, go see it. Find out for yourselves. It's got a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes, an 8.3 on IMDb, um, 76 on Metacritic. You know, but Metacritic uh, is really harsh. Look at are. the other ones. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 really harsh. Uh, but you know, it's obviously the highest scored out of the, the four DCEU films. Yes, uh, Metacritic's also the only one that doesn't let fans chime in. IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes do. Yeah. 
So, um, you know, there you go. Those are our ratings. Uh, next week, we're going to fan cast our Dark Universe. Yep. Uh, we're Ryan, gonna have some fun being silly with it. Yeah. yeah. Ryan may or may not be able to join us we'll next see. week. We'll yeah. see what happens there. And uh, check out our show, Costume Couture, on YouTube. Go to heroespodcast.com. Click on the YouTube link. On Mondays, we release Costume Couture. Do you yeah. guys want to talk about your next episode? Watch us drink. There's a huge <laughs> reason why we didn't discuss the costumes yes. here. And it's because we're going to do that heavily in our next episode. Right. So tune in Monday for that. And you can catch their other episodes. You guys have talked Todrick Hall. And We've you done guys, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. You've done Her Universe. Yes. So some really cool topics. Yeah. So go check yeah. that stuff out. And uh, you can check out our third and final show, Gamer Heroes Podcast, uh, which you can find every Friday, a new episode. This past week, we talked fighting games, including Injustice 2, Ultra Street Fighter 2, Super Smash Brothers, and some Nintendo Switch news. Did you guys know it was our final show? Like, I was going to start recording, like, Food Heroes and Dildo Heroes. <laughs> oh! And, like, and all wow. of a sudden... We're, can I be a guest on Dildo Heroes? You're my co-host, boo! And I've been called a dildo on YouTube, I think. Please. <laughs> Make sure you tune in this week, though, for our E3 predictions. Woo! E3 is next mm. week, so we're going to predict what we think is going I to happen. I predict there's going to be a gold PS4 that releases. That's a good prediction. I, would, I predict there's going to be Battlefront 2 gameplay. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. I there predict is. special... Game stuff. Game stuff. I with controllers. I'm going to give you my special big... Special Tiki mask with every purchase of Crash Bandicoot. There you go. <laughs> that would be so cool. I'll, give, I'll give you my big prediction now. Even though Nintendo already did their Pokemon Direct earlier today and it did mm -hmm. not say this, I still think they're going to announce Pokemon Star for the Nintendo Switch. I'm okay with this. I don't know what that officially. means, but sure. Officially. So uh, check us all out, heroespodcast.com. Oh. At Heroes Podcasts on Twitter and Facebook. Check us out on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.